Hello, my name is Jeff Sharman. I'm the Medical Director of Hematology Research for U.S. Oncology, and I practice clinical medicine in Eugene, Oregon, with the Willamette Valley Cancer Institute and Research Center. So at ASH 2019, I had the honor and privilege to present a frontline study of acolabrutinib in patients with chronic lymphocytic leukemia in the study known as the ELEVATE-TN, which stands for Treatment Naive. For patients with chronic lymphocytic leukemia, the field has been changing very quickly over the last several years, and this study has led to the FDA approval of the second BTK inhibitor for the management of patients with chronic lymphocytic leukemia. Patients in this particular study were selected based upon age greater than 65 or less than 65 with medical comorbidities that prevented a more intensive approach. They were randomized one-to-one-to-one to receive either picolabrutinib in combination with obinutuzumab, acolabrutinib monotherapy, or a standard reference regimen of chlorambucil with obinutuzumab. Patients were treated indefinitely with acolabrutinib, whereas chlorambucil was administered for six months. Obinutuzumab was given for six months in the two arms that had it. In this study, the baseline characteristics were relatively similar. Median age was about 70 to 71 years old. Nobody had prior therapy, as this was for patients with treatment-naive disease status. They had to have indications for therapy, such as rapidly rising white blood cell count, symptomatic lymph nodes, marrow dysfunction, and standard criteria by IWCLL criteria. Overall response rate uh, was highest in those patients who received the combination of acolabrutinib with obinutuzumab. Response rates were slightly lower for acolabrutinib monotherapy, but both of those were higher than patients who received obinutuzumab chlorambucil. And for the two combination arms, which was the primary comparison of the study, this difference was statistically significant. The key primary endpoint of the study, however, was not response rate, it was progression-free survival. And the median was not reached on either of the two acolabrutinib-containing regimens, whereas the median was around 20-21 months for the chlorambucil obinutuzumab. And so we reported the estimated two-year progression-free survival, which was 93% for the combination acolabrutinib-obinutuzumab, 87% for the acolabrutinib monotherapy, and 47% for the chlorambucil-obinutuzumab. There were statistically fewer deaths that occurred in either of the acolabrutinib-containing arms. However, this difference did not achieve statistical significance. It's noteworthy that for those patients randomized to the control arm, if they had disease progression confirmed by Central Review Committee, they were eligible to cross over to BTK, which may have blunted any detectable survival differences. In terms of safety, no new safety signals were identified for the BTK-containing regimens. Rates of bruising and bleeding were relatively low. Headache was a feature identified on the BTK inhibitors, which has been seen in previous studies, but has not been seen with other BTK inhibitors. This headache tends to be relatively self-limited, responds oftentimes to acetaminophen or hydration or caffeine. Rates of infusion-related reactions obviously were only seen on the obinutuzumab-containing arms. However, patients received one month of BTK inhibitor before receiving obinutuzumab, and the rates of infusion reactions were considerably lower for patients who got the BTK-CD20 combo 
compared to the chlorambucil obinutuzumab. So overall, safety was as expected, low rates of atrial fibrillation, low rates of clinically significant bleeding. And this has now led to the FDA approval of acolabrutinib in patients with previously untreated CLL. A companion study reported over the summer conferences led to the approval in relapsed refractory CLL. So it is currently approved broadly for all patients with CLL. This being the second BTK inhibitor available in the field, the logical questions are, what's the difference between this and abrutinib? There is currently a head-to-head study of acolabrutinib versus abrutinib in relapsed CLL. Those results will be available. However, to somebody who's used both drugs extensively, I do think that Acolabrutinib has a differentiated safety profile with fewer arthralgias, myalgias, perhaps slightly fewer cardiac side effects, and a good tolerance on the part of the patient. So we're pleased to see the drug approved and it's now available. I encourage practicing providers if they haven't tried acolabrutinib with their patients that they may wish to do so.